Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live every Thursday from one uh, from six to six thirty PM thereabouts. This is actually a recorded program because Nancy's going to be traveling this coming week. And this is a program that is an outgrowth of our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, which we published a few years back. And now that we have this opportunity through this medium to communicate more directly with people, we like to use it to communicate and to share stories that you send us. That's one of the main things we do with our program. So if you would like to share a personal story with us, you can reach us in the following ways. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-C at csmpc.com. And all of this information I'm sharing as we get started is available. It's in the description that comes along with the program, whether you're watching it on video or one of the podcast outlets. And you can not only send us a story about what happened with you and your pet, you can also tell us that you'd like us to address a particular topic or maybe even recommend a guest. We've gotten some of our guests through recommendations from audience members. And if you do send us a story of your own, please let us know if it's okay to share it on the program and perhaps in writing at some point as well. Just let us know if we can share it. We, we of course, don't share any last names. And if there are parts of it that you'd like for us not to share, we will certainly abide by whatever you'd like in that regard. You can support our work in a number of ways. You can send us a uh, donation through Venmo or PayPal or a monthly subscription. All of the above again are in the program description. Also, we have a new, we have a new affiliate and affiliate is Bereaved. Bereave. And Bereave creates these really beautiful, finely crafted granite plaques that you see pictured here if you're watching the video. And when you purchase a plaque through Bereave, a portion of the purchase price comes to support our program. And we have seen this. We've got one of these plaques in our Oh, they're, it's our, beautiful. They're, they're heavy. They're, they're, really, well they're, really, they're really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So if you would like such a, such a plaque for your, in memory of your lost pet, consider Bereave as a source. This program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. They do a whole bunch of programs, community-based programs, in addition to being a shelter and adoption center. One of the programs that they offer is a cost-free Zoom pet loss support group that I facilitate once a month. It's usually on the second Tuesday of the month from 6 p.m. to 7.30 Eastern time. And there's an RSVP link connected to the to this program in the in the description as well. The next group will be on September 12th. And also I want to just stress that it's free. You can free. there's no cost. You can also zoom in from anywhere in the world. In fact we have people who zoom in from all across the United States and all across the world. Very, very interesting to hear different people's perspectives. So consider joining us if you think that that might be helpful for you. Finally, it would be very helpful for us and for the program's visibility and reach if you would subscribe on YouTube. So there's a link if you're not watching the program 
on YouTube. There's a link in the description that'll get you to the YouTube channel. And if you subscribe, it increases the visibility of the Pet Loss Companion podcast. And therefore, other people who may benefit from it are going to more likely find the program. So thank mm -hmm. you very much if you can do that. Nancy, you want to get us started? Yeah, there are a couple of things I want to um, also say, um, echoing, Ken, some of what you say you're, you were saying in the introduction. Writing is so cathartic, <laughs> and and we we honor your letters. We know how hard that is to do that. And what we found with with people who, and you don't have to have a share, but when they do. Um, they love writing it. It is it, cathartic, and they also uh, it's cathartic to to hear it, right, on the podcast. Yeah, we've heard that for a number number of people that hearing it read and hearing what we have to say about it, and often it's hearing helped. some comments from other people, is just really has a special kind of healing to it. Exactly, and the group. I want to talk about the group. If there are people that are isolated out there in any country, in any place in the United States. And when you come together to be able to share with people that are going through the same thing, that's also a wonderful healing experience. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yep. So we have, we have Labradors tonight. Yep. Um, we have a, a yellow and a black and beautiful stories. Um, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to share Carly's uh, story and about her beautiful um, Black Lab Bella. Mm -hmm. My name is Carly from Clearwater, Florida. Thank you for being you. I cannot express how much you've helped me since my girl has passed. Here's the story. I purchased my Black Labrador Bella from a breeder when she was 12 weeks old, Easter Day of 2009. I was 20 years old and lived in an apartment with my boyfriend. I chose her, named her, trained her, and to put it simply, fell in love with her, of course. <laughs> As my life began, to say Bella went through it all with me is an understatement. To name a few life moments, a divorce at 21, gastric bypass surgery, my associate's degree, my new marriage, my first son being born when Bella was seven years old, moving into our first home with a yard, my bachelor's degree, my second son being born when Bella was 12 years old, and my master's degree. Through it all, Bella was the one constant and most loyal. I love this next part. My dad always says, if you lock your spouse and your dog in a closet all day and come home, who would be happy to see you? <laughs> I really did get a kick out of that. Um, as Bella got older, she began having trouble with her back legs. Our amazing vet helped us through. The last year of her life, she was on pain meds, joint meds, neurological meds, arthritic injections. As this was in my budget, it was okay with me if it still helped her. She began to lose control of her bowels inside sometimes, and I knew she felt bad. I knew that Bella would tell me when it was time for her to go. On a Tuesday at 5 a.m., Bella told me it was time. The look in her eyes as we stood, because it hurt her too badly to sit anymore, alone in the living room with the whole house sleeping, 
She was simply telling me to let her go in peace because it hurts. I scheduled euthanasia at the vet on Thursday. During, during those last two days of her life, I did a few things to make sure I was right in my decision. Asking her if she wanted to go for a ride and not seeing her ears pick, pick, perk up and eyes light up. Trying to get her to play with her to toys and no response. And taking her outside to run and her just standing there made me know I was 100% in my decision, and she helped me. Over the last few years of Bella's life, I had conversations with my six-year-old son in understanding that doggies do not live forever. She will go to heaven someday. So he took the news particularly well. He wanted to have one last day with her and asked that he got some pictures with her to put in his room, so we planned that for Wednesday night. Attached in this email are our photos from the night before she passed. Bella had a McDonald's hamburger the night before and it was rupturous. During the euthanasia, as the sedative set in after a few Hershey kisses, I could see instantly that Bella was so peaceful and not in pain anymore. As she laid on my leg, I just rubbed her sweet face as she went to heaven. Bella was 14 and a half years old. She would have had her golden birthday on January 15, 2024, and I'll make sure to celebrate it still for her. Even though I know my decision was right, I was not sure what would hurt or not hurt going um, forward. I think this is the important part that may help others who go through this. I realized what was the hardest thing going through all the firsts without her in 14 and a half years, walking in and not seeing her by the couch, going to the bathroom without her staring at me, getting out of the shower and her not being there to lick the water off my leg, going swimming with my kids and Bella not trying to jump in the pool. Once I got through all the firsts without Bella, I'm feeling much more at peace as my days keep going on. I've learned to keep an eye out for signs that she is with me, and I get these random things to show me she's there. I have received some really thoughtful gifts from friends, and I'd like to share them so people know what has meant the most to me, in case they may need a purchase for Pet Loss Fifth in the future. A wind chime that says, whenever you hear the chimes, know I am with you. A personalized book for me to read with the kids called Goodbye Bella, Bella. A willow tree figurine of a girl kissing her Labrador and a pillow with Bella's picture on it. I always say this too shall pass and I firmly believe that. I know Bella's in a better place and I hope my story and little tidbits at the end help someone else in a time of need. The last photo in this email was my last photo I ever took with her before loading her up in the car. Thank you for sharing. What a beautiful story and, and how she was so diligent and 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 she that she was making the right decision and went through these steps and then could be okay this this is what we need to do and working with her children this way yeah i, I think that's so great that she talked with her kids long before it sounds like about a dog's lifespan and that they wouldn't be with them forever and it sounds like her kids were really ready and accepting of that reality. I'm sure it's still very hard. Of course, for them. it would be sad. But yeah. but the way she she was able to kind of manage any guilt, right? Yeah. Because Bella was ready, 
and she found out that she was ready. Yeah, I mean, she does sound like there's not there's not guilt there mm -hmm. because it, again, it was very deliberate. She was talking with her vet. She was talking with Bella. She was really she was really paying a lot of attention to the timing of this. And also, she was very attuned to her dog, right? right. I mean, yeah. it was they were so connected. Yeah. Um, and she so was she, she was saw. testing her mm -hmm. her enjoyment of being alive and finding mm -hmm. there wasn't any left really. Right. Yeah. And and when she she has seen her, she has she had some information on the gifts that might be you know helpful yeah, for those well. other others who are going through this. Um, I think it was, it's just a lovely, lovely story. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. So we thank Carly a lot yeah. for sharing with us. Yeah. And now I'll read the story from Megan and she writes to Ken and Nancy. I hope this finds you well. My name is Megan and I'm from Ontario, Canada. I originally was recommended your pet law support group and eventually came across your YouTube channel. I'm still working up the courage to speak in the support group. But telling my dog's story has always been an important part of my healing. Please feel free to share this with your audience. I hope she does feel more comfortable speaking in the group. And maybe she has by now. I'm not sure. But um, it's also okay to come to the group and, and not, not speak. speak and just kind of absorb what's going on. My dog, Frisia, pronounced Frisia like the flower, was a beautiful golden Labrador retriever with the softest ears and sweetest face. Freezer was the best companion that a girl could have asked for. And along with her companionship, Freezer improved my life drastically with her role as my service dog. I got Freezer from a charitable dog guide organization. And after a long wait and 10 days of training together, we officially came home as a team on June 3rd, 2015. Before I got Freezer, the struggle I was having with managing my disability was weighing heavily on me. But with a little help from my new best friend, that weight seemed more manageable and my world opened up. She would perform tasks like hugs by laying across my lap. This is known as deep pressure therapy, which helped calm me down in all different scenarios, ranging from classes to, to social event like the prom. Beyond her work, Freezer was always making me laugh with all her little quirks. Like every typical lab, Freesia had a passion for the culinary arts. One of her favorite foods was pumpkin. She loved pumpkin so much that she even ate the face off of a pumpkin that I had carved for Halloween one year when no one was looking. I couldn't have ever stayed mad at her, though, with those puppy dog eyes. You typically guess, you could, typically could guess what she was thinking from her very expressive face which made for some hilarious reactions. She usually was a quiet girl, but timed her size out perfectly for added dramatics if we ever forgot to feed her or did anything that she deemed unacceptable. She was such a big part of me and my family's lives. She went everywhere with me. And as you can imagine, after seven and a half years together, we did so much. In 2019, we graduated high school together and started a new chapter of our lives. I was blessed to have her attend my first semester of college with me in 2022, but unfortunately, she didn't make it to the second semester. On December 30th, 2022, Frisia died unexpectedly while laying down in her favorite corner of the kitchen, surrounded by most of her people 
me, my mom, and dad. The night before, she had suddenly gotten really sick, and despite taking her to the vet and being reassured that she would be okay, Frisia died the next afternoon. It was a shock for everyone. It just happened so fast. That day left me heartbroken, but I've always been thankful that she died peacefully at home. I rode with her in the back of our car for her final journey to the vet. I touched her soft ears and told her how much I loved her, but also reassured her that I'd be okay. Perhaps I was reassuring myself more than anything. Frisia had the biggest heart and loved everyone, but she always knew I was her girl. She wanted to help me and she did that till the very end. The last time she worked for me before her death was in the hospital when I had to have surgery. It was a minor surgery, but it was my first and still very nerve wracking. Frisia laid across my lap as I waited anxiously in the waiting room before my surgery. Like always, she knew what to do in that moment and was an expert at performing her task to help me feel less anxious. I can't imagine getting through it without her. That was the 14th of December, 16 days before her death. As we walked out of the hospital after my surgery, I had no idea that it would be her last time working or that we had such little time left together. At the time Frisia died, I was feeling much better after my procedure, and I don't think that was a coincidence. I think that Frieza was waiting till she knew I was going to be okay. Maybe she knew that this was her last job to do. I was healed from the surgery, but now I have a, but now had a broken heart. I always went to her when I was feeling upset or sick, so it's been hard to figure out alternative coping mechanisms during such a difficult time. It's been eight months but grief still creeps in to ruin my day every now and then, especially when I'm not busy or when I don't take care of myself. Now I'm processing some more difficult feelings since the news that I will be getting a new dog. After Frisia died, I was put on a waiting list to get another dog. And recently I got matched with a dog named Buffy. It's an exciting time, but with all the attention on Buffy, it feels like Frisia is being forgotten. I love Buffy so much, she's such a good little girl, but having her has felt bittersweet because I still miss Frisia very much. What brings me comfort is the thought that Frisia has sent yeah. me this dog. I will attach photos of both Frisia and Buffy so you can see how similar they look. At first it was really hard to get over how similar she looks to Frisia. In fact, I was initially adamant that I didn't want her because of that, but after working with Buffy, she has won over my heart. We also found that Buffy started training at the dog guide school exactly a week after the idea that Frisia handpicked this dog for me. If you've gotten this far, thank you so much for reading Frisia's story. I also want to thank you for all that you do. It's very reassuring to know there are so many people who miss their pets in similar ways. I feel less alone now. All the best, Megan. It's something different when you have someone with a disability. Oh, and you and the, you right. have a service animal. Oh my gosh, the the depth of connection is so is, profound. It right. Really, so. And then when one dies, you you need an, another one right away, right? So there's this dichotomy, right? You need another animal to help you, but you're sweet, like in this case, Frisia you know, has had died. And now she, she was struggling a little bit with, 
you know, how can I replace Frasia, but I need another animal. And she's going to work well with Buffy and she is working well with Buffy. But there was some, it's hard to reconnect so fast, right? Well, after just, a death. just this idea, and let me, let me show some pictures. So here is Frasia and yeah. here is Frasia with Megan at college. So Frasia is patiently sitting and waiting. <laughs> Here is Frisia trying not to eat all the pumpkins, <laughs> being restrained from that, I think. And then here is a memorial. Oh, very pretty. Of a memorial that Megan made for Frisia on her desk at home. And here is Buffy, who looks exactly like Exactly Frisia. like Frisia. <laughs> only, only she's much younger. You can see the, you can see the youth in her face. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so... It, one of the things that I think is so important to understand is, and to just be okay with is, we can be grieving on the one hand, and we can be joyful yes, in a new on connection another. on the other hand at the same time, like we're able to do that. And that's something that we don't need to feel bad about. It's not like one cancels out the other. We're, we're big enough to hold all of that. And so that's something to keep in mind. We can be grieving and we can also be having a good time in some moments right. and enjoying a new relationship as well. And I think part of that is because of the need, you know, the, the need for yeah. a, a dog, then it there's, there's a process where it needs to start to happen. We did a lot of work years ago with Sing Eye in Morristown. Um, yeah, and did some groups for people who, who whose animals had retired or died mm -hmm. and had to reconnect to another one. So it's a little bit of a, of a different um, experience. Yeah, yeah. And I, I also, whenever I hear somebody talk about their service animal, I always think that's a great thing. And most animals are service animals. They're, yeah, we're all emotional supporters. They're amateurs. <laughs> They're, They're emotional animals. support animals, right? We're all we're all need <laughs> emotional support. Yeah. <laughs> and, but what a story and what a testament yeah. to Frisia this story is. That I mean, this dog was such a key part of, of her, her life. life and the life of yeah. her family. Yeah. And was so attuned to her. And when she lost her. You know, that's it shattered. A huge it was a chunk of her experience. Really, a chunk of herself. And, right. And she was able to. She kept going, of course, and now she's embracing Buffy, and it seems like that's going well. And uh, you know, we wish her her great adventures with that's Buffy. Right. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and yes. she'll always have Frisia. Frisia will. Yeah, Frisia will always be with her. And she has that beautiful memorial you showed. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and and Buffy now is taken. And, and I think that that's interesting that she also said, I think I think Frisia sent Buffy to me. Yeah. And, yeah. and you yeah. can't they look pretty close. To, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, together. So but we we wish we wish Megan um, um, and yeah. a, a good a good life. You've had a wonderful life with Frisia. Now you'll have one with Buffy. Yeah. So we want to thank Megan and Carly for these stories and just beautiful stories. And in, in some ways there were very, very, very peaceful deaths and yeah. not every death 
works that yes. way. And no, so we and we we know this because we have had some on a so on our podcasts that have been very story. painful. So there's a great diversity in the way in the way that yeah. animals and people transition out of this life. Yeah. And this, these stories show some. I mean, Frieza, it was very quick and, and it was painless. It, it there was painless wasn't, and yeah, fast. She died in her sleep. Yeah. So that. So. Great speaking with you as always, Nancy. Of course, Ken, always. And if you find this program helpful, please consider subscribing on YouTube because that helps other people to gain time. Take care. Take care, everyone.